All right, man. Awesome. Well, good deal. Well, thanks so much for, uh, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So this is a really cool segment that we're starting called the founders. Um, and it's really just a great <clears throat> part of our podcast that, uh, brings in people who have started businesses, bought businesses, are creating businesses, um, really to talk about the, the, the difficulty and the wins and just everything that comes along with that. Um, I, we talk right. all the time about how people that want to start a business are grossly underestimating how difficult it's actually going to be. And every time somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, I want to start a business. Uh, I usually tell them no, because, uh, it's always <laughs> harder than they think. Um, but so you uh, purchased about a year ago now a, a garage flooring business. So an incredible company. They do epoxy garage, or you do epoxy garage flooring. Really, really neat commercial and residential. And I'll say, Davis, out of every friend of mine that has ever approached me uh, wanting to start a company, an app, a service business, a product-based business, you are the only person ever who's actually done it. So... <laughs> That's well, a, that's cool. You know, I didn't get the speech that you sounds like you give most people, which is don't do it. Yeah. So I guess that was, you know, if the speech had come before, maybe, I, maybe I wouldn't have done it, but no, it's, it's been awesome. So, well, you were always um, the guy that could definitely do it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm well, curious, I, that. I really want to provide a lot of value for people listening and, and you know, there's just a lot of stuff that I'm curious about too. Um, I'd like to kind of learn about when you graduated and when you started working selling cars and what that was like. Um, and you know, I know a lot of the backstory of the successes at that, right. at that business, but I want to know about like, how was that? When was the point when you realized you couldn't do this anymore and what went, uh, what did it look like from, from there? Yeah. So I, um, you know, get, getting out of school, I, I knew I, it probably needed some, some experience before I went and did my own thing. I always knew I wanted to, you know, own my own business and that sort of thing. But, you know, there's a really great organization here. That's a, a family of, uh, of dealerships that, that, you know, kind of piqued my interest. So I went to sell BMWs and, um, it took me probably four weeks before I realized that I hated it. And then I needed to, I needed to find something else quick. That's almost um, so I, Almost instantly. So I just barely got done with my training and off on my own. And I thought, you know, this is, this is, I don't think this is for me. Um, you know, I, so I was there, I, I enjoyed the people that I worked with a ton. Um, and, uh, you know, after about four weeks, I said, you know, I'm going to stick this out. I can't be at a job for, for, you know, one month and then leave. So I stuck it out a little bit. I, um, you know, there was this, this particular girl there that I was, uh, you know, had an interest in that kind of, made me stay there a little bit longer than I think I, uh, I would have had she not been there. Right. And so I, you know, very strategically moved my desk <laughs> next to this, this woman who, uh, just so happens to be my wife now. <laughs> and, um, you know, Jackie and, uh, she, she, you know, once she, she was there for about a year and a half before she realized she needed to move on. And once she left, it took me about I think it was about six weeks later where I said, you know, I got what I wanted out of this thing. I found my wife and I think that that's all that car selling, you know, can offer me at this point. So yeah, it was, I was there for all of, uh, about, I don't think it was quite six months actually. I think it was about four and a half or five months. Hmm. So not for me, you know, but it was a valuable experience. I learned a lot through it and I don't regret it. 
Um, especially the part where I, you know, came out, came out with a, came out with a wife. wife so, so it worked. <laughs> Why was Best that? Thing that's ever come out of a job for me, by the way. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> and, and you know, me, I was selling suits before I was doing this and, and I have talked about the moment where I was driving down the road and I had a bunch of pants in my back seat. And I turned and all the pants went to the other side of the car. And I remember just sitting there going, what am I doing? Why am I selling (laughs) pants? This is ridiculous. I got to quit. And did you have that? Like, did you get to a point where you realized that you were, you needed something more? You know, I I think, um, I think to be honest, uh, there, there wasn't a specific point, you know, where I said, you know what, that's it. Um, I just, I wasn't one of those people that could, that could, um, you know, deal with this whole thing where I, I, you know, would deal with a customer for, for eight hours, you know, four hours one day, they would come back the next day and spend another four hours with them, waste my time, pass up great customers. And then they wouldn't buy and, you know, they would go get a a different brand or, or whatever. And I just, I hated that. I wanted to have a little bit more control over, you know, who I was selling and what I was doing. Um, and not be at the mercy of somebody who, you know, immediately hated me before they even met me because I was this, you know, dirty, nasty car salesman that, you know, that's kind of the reputation that's out there. I just didn't, you know, after, after, you know, so long, you know, <laughs> doing that for so many months, so many months, I, uh, I just, I didn't want to do that anymore. So it yeah. wasn't like a defining moment, but it was just this gradual, you know, I, I hate not having control over what I'm doing, you know, in my, in my future, really. I mean, this not a, a, a ton of upward growth, I guess, in that. So I, that was another thing where I just, the more I thought about it, the more I realized this just wasn't going to be for me. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, right? There's a lot of right. entrepreneurs rather than entrepreneurs. And there's a lot of people that would like to be business owners or like to be an entrepreneur. Um, but really they just need to be in a job and, I mean, I, I know you have, I grew up with you, but how did you decide, how did you discern that, Hey, this is not just me being unhappy with my job. This is me actually wanting to go do my own thing, be my own boss, create my own schedule and create my own wealth aside from whatever somebody else has determined within their company. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, I feel like, uh, it was kind of a, a, a result of the, the house that I grew up in. My dad is in, you know, private equity and he's always, you know, owned his own companies and traded them. And, um, you know, and he was a really big encouragement and showed me, you know, that that's, that's a very realistic lifestyle, that it's not hard. I watched the, you know, blood, sweat and tears for a lot of years. Um, but also very rewarding. Um, and then this, this particular girl that I met, you know, selling cars, who's my wife now, she was my fiance and she kind of gave me the final push to say, you know what, I can see how badly you want to go do your own thing. And I can see how miserable you are here. Go do it. You know, and so I just needed a few people to kind of, and Evan, you were the same way. Just, hey, man, go do it. Let's let's think of, you know, and you helped me brainstorm a lot of different ideas on what we could do um, or what I could do. And, uh, you know, I just needed those those people in my life that were encouraging that uh, that had either done it or, you know, were, were excited about doing it themselves as well. And, that, uh, you know, once once you get those people that are telling you to go do something that, you know, deep within yourself, you're you're supposed to do it's it's becomes a no-brainer um you know yeah i agree well and i think it was definitely helpful to have jackie around you too that was like having a i think i think everybody knows this but it's so important to have 
a, a partner that actually pushes you to do things that are risky in a good way. They're oh, you know, calculated risk, but somebody who's comfortable yeah. with that. And I think it's, it's very difficult, you know, people that grow up in a, in a home that's very stable where they don't see a lot of risk taking, it's very difficult for those people right. to ever feel comfortable with somebody that wants to be an entrepreneur because that's, they've never seen that. That's a, it's, it's, it's uh it's survival mode for them. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, and you know, it's, and it's very normal, I think for, you know, for uh, somebody like, you know, my fiance at the time to say, Hey, I don't think that you need to quit your very, you know, your, your well-paying job, your stable job and go try and start a company or buy a company because, you know, it's my job and it's, well, it's our job together, but really it's my job to, to make sure that our family stays on course. And, uh, so it's, it's not a, it's not an uncommon thing for, for the people in your life, especially a spouse to say, you know, I think you need to, I think you need to go the safe route. You know, I think you need to keep doing this for a while. If some golden opportunity presents itself in the future, then we'll, We'll think about it, but right now, keep safety, you know? And um, so that's that's crucial. And yeah. it's, it's very reasonable for somebody to, to want you to stay that safe route, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, so, all right, so you quit BMW, you meet the girl, you leave. Did you have, uh, and, you know, I mean, because when I left Tom James, I had no idea what I was going to do which is exactly what everybody tells you not to do. You never leave your job unless you know exactly what you're doing and you have a plan. I had no plan, nothing. Um, did, you right. have a, did you have a plan? Did you have any idea what you were going to do when you quit? I had no plan. <laughs> uh, I was in the same boat as you. I, you know, I, I quit my job and it was like the next day I woke up and I go, oh my gosh, <laughs> what are we going to do next? So yeah. no, I had, I had zero plan. Right. Um, and, and really what I, what I did was I went to the guy who kind of was my, you know, mentor, my example, which is my dad. And I said, Hey, what do you think I should do? And he was, you know, uh, gracious enough to lend me a, a broker, a business broker and said, hey, experiment with, you know, go, go do some research with this guy and, uh, and see if you can come up with anything cool, you know? Um, and I just, that was just a decision I made that I wanted to buy a company because I had seen how difficult it was to start from the ground up. I figured I would find a company that, you know, already went through the, the terrible, terribly, not terrible, they're rewarding, but very terribly difficult, you know, first, first couple of years of, of being in business. I wanted to skip all that. So, you know, I went to the business broker and I've started looking and that's kind of where I came across garage flooring pros. Yeah. So, but no plan at all when I left none. <laughs> well, I love that. And, and so what's interesting is that in, in buying a business, I agree with you. It's, it's so much, you, you skip all of the complete unknown, right? I mean, like, right. cause, and I think, I mean, you know, like private equity is, uh, it, it's like, it's like flipping houses. Like you buy something that you really know has some structure. It's stable. You buy it, you fix it up, you build it, you grow the value, and then you sell it. And like venture capital or starting a business is like storage wars. You have no idea right. what's behind that door. You're just kind of putting your cash in and seeing what happens. So I, I, I like that. Right. And I think that actually that's a, it's a route that not many people even know is available to them. To, to go, I mean, listen, if you're going to raise money to start a business, you can also go raise money to purchase a business or a piece of a business um, that may already, you know, sort of know what they're doing. I like that. Yeah. 
Um, Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of opportunities for people out there to find that business that's been kind of stuck for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a lot of times all it needs is a fresh set of eyes and a fresh set of hands to go do the grunt work to get to the next level. So there's there's a ton of businesses out there that are just like that, you know, and that's kind of what I was looking for. And I feel like that's what I found. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, so talk about the the company that you found. How exactly did you find it? And and what was the process like doing your due diligence to decide that, hey, this may be a business worth purchasing? Yeah. So um, like I said, I had that I had that business broker that was a, a you know, a, a buddy of my dad's or a guy that they've been done a lot of work with. And, um, you know, we came across this garage flooring epoxy business. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I one of those things that never in a million years had I even thought of a garage floor had zero, you know, knowledge of the product yeah. you know, or the market or anything like that. Um, but the more we dug into it, the more we realized it's a super cool, uh, it's a super cool business. And, uh, you know, the, the, I guess financial model behind the business is, is really kind of astounding considering it's just a, it's just a garage floor. So we, you know, as far as the due diligence goes, we, we didn't have much to work with, to be honest, uh, which was one of the most challenging things. Um, you know, I, I found that business I was looking for that was, you know, family owned. It was owned by a husband and wife for, you know, six years or so. And, uh, and you know, husband and wife, they're awesome people. They're my partners now, which is a whole other, you know, story. But, um, you know, didn't really have a lot of, uh, you know, financials or any kind of information for us other than just let's just talk about it, you know. Yeah. Um, so it obviously came with surprises down the line. Um, but it, it was it was a relatively quick process. We took about about two months of, of doing due diligence. And I would say we got probably 50 percent of what we needed. <laughs> hmm. Looking back on it, I think, man, there's a lot of things that really could have gone wrong. Uh, you know, if this guy wasn't an honorable guy and they were and they were just flat out lying to us, because like yeah. I said, it was a lot of just let's talk about the business. There was not a lot of, of hard proof and hard, you know, numbers to look into. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of another point is it, it, you know, when you feel like you've got enough information, you're starting to scratch the surface. Um, and yeah. we, we barely scratched the surface before we made the, made the leap. And, you know, we were fortunately it, it, it worked out pretty well, but, um, you know, it was really a stupid decision to be honest. Well, Hey, I mean, it's worked out. What was, uh, <laughs> I mean, what was like, what were some of the things that you were looking for in that process? Um, because there's, there's for the, the people that may have looked at purchasing a company or part of a company, um, they're probably just looking at the, the outside, they're looking at the brick. And right. <clears throat> so what are some of the things that, and you just said it was a stupid mistake not to go deeper. What are some of the things that you wish you would have known before you started things that people should be looking out for? Yeah. I mean, number one of the, one of the biggest things that that's kind of bitten us a little bit, but like I said, our, you know, my partner now, the guy who owned the company is a very honorable guy and, and did the best he could to, to give us all the information. But I mean, there's some off book liabilities and stuff like that, that it's, it's unless you do a real full deep dive and have a really professional firm look into the, you know, the financials, uh, you know, it's tough to, it's tough to really grab everything, but really one of the things that I was most excited about that I think is, is not looked at enough is just the market itself. Um, 
you know, one of the things that was most exciting to me about the market that we're, that, you know, that we're going into or that we were, I was looking to go into, um, is that it's, it's very, you know, this garage floor epoxy coatings is one of those things that's, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of compare it to the waste management, a uh, waste management type of market where before waste management came in, it looked, our, their market looked just like, looked just like ours. Uh, you know, our competitors are, a couple of buddies in a pickup truck and you know they're they're really skilled painters or you know whatever and they can modify their their skills to do flooring and so that's what they do and that's a lot of our our competition and there's really not that national uh you know epoxy business out there and so that was a really cool opportunity to me because there's a lot i mean it's a massive market uh you know i went to the world of one of the things actually part of my due diligence was going to the world of concrete convention in vegas Wow. I and just learning even, everything I could about. Who knew? Yeah. So world so, of concrete, uh, you know, I went there just to learn everything that I could about this whole concrete, you know, coatings, uh, industry and to, to see even just, you know, forget about the, the numbers, the physical side, you know, the, the, the numbers behind the size of the market to look at how many people, how many vendors, how many, you know, uh, just companies are involved in this, in this market. It's amazing. And uh, anyway, so it was really astounding to me the size of it and that there's not this national player, um, you know. And so to go back to the waste management thing, that's that's kind of the way that that was before they came around. It was, you know, a, a bunch of small companies had their routes, you know, and they would and they would pick up trash or whatever. And then waste management came in and figured out how to make it a national, you know, company where it was reliable. And every single Tuesday and Thursday, you're going to get your trash picked up. I don't care if it's raining or uh, you know, snowing or sleeting or whatever, we're going to get your trash on Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to do was come into this industry and, and figure out a way to create the first national, you know, epoxy business where when you think about, you know, concrete coatings, you think of our company, you know? Um, so the market itself, I think is not looked into enough. Um, and that was one of the, one of the really the only things I knew about the business, frankly, yeah, um, was the was the the market after I'd researched a lot into it. So um, that was one of the things that I looked for was the the, the market, that, yeah. uh, you know, right. what we were getting into. Um, how big of a market are you in? Um, it's, I mean, it's that's why it's, it's hard to quantify. I don't know because there's a lot of different coatings and things like that that we don't necessarily do. Yeah. Um, but you know, concrete itself, one of the largest industries in, you know, in the country, um, or really r around the world, um, is just this concrete, you know, if you look around every, everywhere you look, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to look somewhere and not see concrete and somebody's got to do something with it. You know, you can't just leave it bare, right. you know, if it's, I mean, you, you know, you could say it's a style or whatever, but it's not finished. Right. So somebody has got to do something with, with what happens after it gets you know, poured, but that's gotta be it. So, um, still one of those things, it's a little embarrassing. I don't know the exact, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> dollar I, amount or physical size of the, of the market. I just know there's plenty of it out there for us. Yeah. yeah. But I get it because there's so many different, I mean, there's a million different ways that you could take that. There's so many different coatings and oh my gosh. I mean, I, I understand that. Like it's, it's really right. hard to point to garage floor coating numbers. Right. Uh, so yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> when people start businesses, um, it all rests on their shoulders 
And many times if they're just a one man shop at the beginning, um, their mistakes or their successes are felt by only them. Um, you quit your job, uh, at a, uh, car dealership making good money. You come into this business, you buy a piece of it. And overnight you have employees, you have payroll, you have, uh, customers, you have expenses, you have all of these things that the new business owner who has, or the new, uh, somebody who's just started a business definitely does not have. Um, I assume there's a lot of pressure that comes along with that. What, what does yeah, that, what absolutely. does that feel like? Well, you know, um, it's, it, it was completely overwhelming <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Uh, you know, you're right. When you start a company, you kind of get to go at your own pace and learn as you go. Um, that's, you know, one of the big differences between buying a company and starting it, like you just said, is you show up and there's employees that you're, you know, that you, you make this big announcement to everybody and now you're the new boss. Right. And, uh, you know, as a side note, that's not relevant to everybody, but, uh, you know, I'm 24 years old. So the majority, you know, actually every single person, not the majority, every single person in our company is quite a bit older than me. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, it can be a little intimidating. It's like, why, why would this guy, uh, you know, why would any one of our employees look at me and think that all of a sudden I'm the new, I'm the new, you know, boss or the new owner. Right. And the answer is they wouldn't. So you kind of have, you have to prove yourself, you know, right. Just because you're the new guy and there was a now, you know, there was a memo that went out that says you're the new owner. doesn't mean that they're going to immediately respect you mm. or care what you say or, you know, listen to anything that you, you tell them to do, you know, you gotta, you gotta earn your way. And so that's, that's overwhelming, you know, and I never on it, you know, as stupid as it sounds, I never even thought about that. Um, like you never, you never and, anticipated you know, having that sort of overwhelm. I, I didn't, I knew it was going to yeah. be hard. Yeah. Um, but, but I didn't, I didn't anticipate this overwhelming. Oh my gosh. I really don't know if I'm cut out for this quite yeah. yet. I need to, I need to go learn some more stuff first. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but Evan, you and I always talk about, and your, your dad really preaches this idea of, you know, you got to put yourself in a position where failure is not really an option and quitting sure. is not really an option. And that's the position I was in. Sure. It's like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. And you know, this is a lot tougher than I thought it would be, but what am I going to do? Quit on the first you know, week and ask for my money back? Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> so you figure it out. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, that's, that doesn't, there's not a return policy on businesses. So, Right. Um, you know, so you, so you figure it out. And then the other side of that is relationships with suppliers and, and like you said, customers and you're, you're the new owner now. So when somebody's, you got a pissed off customer somewhere and you, they ask for the owner, well, guess what? doesn't that's matter you. if you had nothing to do with it, but that's, that's you now. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot of those things that are just, they're small things, but they quickly become really big things. Right. Um, that, you know, can quickly overwhelm you, but you, you figure out a way, <laughs> you know? It. Yeah, definitely. Um, was it hard to get people that you were now employing to, I mean, cause you just talked about everybody knows that they're older than you. I mean, was it hard to get them on board with the changes that you were trying to make? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the, part of the reason why I was so attracted to this particular company is the same reason why it was difficult. Uh, I was attracted to the company because there's a lot of things that seemed very simple that they could change, um, that would take the company to the next level. Yeah. Um, you know, but those are the same things that the guys that, you know, the, the, the people that have been with the founders of the company for, you know, for many years, 
they've been doing things a certain way for, for all those years. And now why is this new kid, you know, going to come tell them to do something better? It, it, it can, it can take a lot of, you know, going back to my time at, you know, selling cars, it takes a lot yeah. of selling to try and convince, to try and convince, you know, old dogs, new tricks, um, to use, you know, that, that analogy. But, um, yeah, it, it, there's still things that I want to do that I, I quite, I haven't quite convinced people to do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just a never ending battle of let's constantly improve this business. Um, and you would think that you'd be able to just get in there and snap your fingers and make those changes, but there's, you got to get people on board. Yeah. Because if they're not on board, then it will not, it will not, you know, work. So yeah, uh, it's still mm-hmm. a work in progress. So I, I was actually talking to Darren Martin this morning, who, you know, who wrote the book, A Company of Owners, uh-huh. um, and he's been yeah. on the podcast before. And I was talking to him this morning, so I was thinking about values, and I was literally driving down the road, and I called him. And uh, I, I, th- that book, his, his book, A Company of Owners, for, for me has been, it's been one of the, the really two to three instrumental books in starting our business. Um, and I, I just, I think I was having another conversation with somebody else this morning about the importance of culture. Um, were mm-hmm. there, were there big culture changes that you knew it, that needed to happen inside of that business day one? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What, what was wrong um, with, what was wrong with the culture? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this expecting that my, my partner, who's a great partner, yeah. uh, and I've loved working with him. I'm saying this expecting him to not listen to it, but, sure. <laughs> um, you <laughs> know, okay. I think there's a, there was, there was a sort of, there was a sort of, um, everybody's expendable yeah. kind of culture hmm. in the business that I could not stand. And, hmm. and, and people felt it and never voiced it obviously because, because the, it's kind of a catch 22. The culture exists. So you can't say anything about the culture that exists. Sure. So of this, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, do anything wrong or make, too, make too many mistakes or whatever, because I'm just going to immediately be released from duty, um, that I can't yeah. stand. I hate it. Um, and we've done a really good job of, of correcting that and fixing it. Um, you know, but, but culture is tough. Um, every, everybody who, has ever gone in and tried to create culture or change culture will tell you it's a very, very tough thing. Um, and you can't just be a nice guy to, to change culture. You have to take yeah. physical action. Um, and you know, uh, still a work in progress. I think we've eliminated this thing where, you know, if I mess up one day or if I call in sick, I'm going to be fired, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, still, still a work in progress. And that's one of the things that my dad, you know, growing up has been really, really good at is creating culture in all of his businesses. So I've got these mentors in place that can help me, you know, your dad is as well, really, really good at that. And so I've got these guys in place that can kind of help, you know, make changes along the way, but it's, uh, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Right. um, Which is great because that means it can't be, it can't be ruined overnight either. Right. To get it to where you're going. It's a great point. Um, what was it that kept you going in those moments when you thought, okay, I may have made a huge mistake here. Maybe I should not do this. What's the return policy on yeah. the business? Uh, <laughs> what were the things that, uh, like, why did you keep going? I, Cause I'll tell you something that people love to hear on these episodes, Davis is they love hearing when people were in really bad shape and at the lowest point right. when everything is going wrong, how did they work themselves through that and keep going? Because I think that what many people overlook is that 
you were 30 seconds away from breaking through. You were so close. It was right there. You were almost there, but you just quit a little bit too soon. And so right. what, what was there like a, like a vision or a goal or why did you, and I'm sure it still happens today and I'm sure it'll keep happening over the lifetime of your business when you start to question things. But especially in the beginning, what was it that kept you pushing through that initial, um, fear factor, I guess. Yeah. Um, I will, I will say initially, I'm not really proud of it, but initially it was the pride. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, maybe that's a good thing, but I, you know, I, the pride of I'm not going to be this, this, you know, I keep saying kid, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be demeaning to people who are younger like myself, but, yeah. uh, I, I refuse to let, to, to play into this whole thing where, you know, the new guy can't come in and fix it and, and right. give up so, so quickly. And there's, and you're right on a, on a daily, if not, I mean, you know, maybe not a daily, <laughs> maybe not a daily, pro, uh, schedule, but at least weekly, there's, there's that same kind of feeling where this is way too freaking hard. Yeah. Why is it so hard? It should be getting easier. Um, initially it was the pride of number one, my, my fiance, my now wife, who was so encouraging saying, <laughs> put all this money into the business and, and go buy a business. Right. Well, now I look like a, I, you know, I look like an idiot to her if I immediately turn around and go, Oh, that was a mistake. I'm not doing this. Yeah. You know? So initially it was that just not one to look like a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right now, when those things come up and it gets really hard and I, and I want to just, you know, not show up to work one day, I think about the, you know, the, the 40 people who work for us, um, who, you know, we've, we've set this vision for the company of being the first national, uh, you know, garage floor or, or just concrete coatings company. We've set this vision for everybody and they're, uh, you know, and they're counting on really me, yeah, to succeed in that vision, so that everybody can you know succeed with us. Um, and obviously, everybody plays the plays their own you know their part. But right. it's up to me as the owner and and you know my partner to to get us there. And so I'm not going to let you know a fight with a vendor or you know a, a cash flow problem or a, a nasty customer. I'm not going to let that those small things that seem really big get in the way of us. You know seeing this thing through to the, the vision that we have for it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so. I, I love that. I, and so I, I want to kind of jump off topic a second, but I, I think, you know, I know your wife, Jackie, well, and I, I think that one thing also that people should think about, and, and I can speak from this too, from experience is you, you have to have somebody, <laughs> you have to have somebody that is willing to go on that ride with you. Um, right. You've got to have that. You have to have that. Um, how important has has she been in keeping things moving the right direction? Just even just just she mentally, is, just keeping you stable. She has been. Uh, I mean, she has played the largest role in that uh, out of anybody in the in in my life, really. Yeah. Um, number one, not only when, you know when we had an issue with pick your pick your thing. Initially, it was something as simple as scheduling the, and routing the jobs. Yeah. You know, when we had an issue with that, she was the first person to say, um, well, do you want me to quit my job and come work for, for you guys and help <laughs> out? And right. yeah. I mean, it was just, it's astounding. And, and guess what? She did it. She quit her job. It's amazing. And, uh, and you know, and came and helped us out because we needed it. And so not just from a, a 
you know, let me come help the business side of things. Sure. Um, but just myself, she, she is, I've never met, you know, I've never experienced anybody who's so good at letting me just kind of vent, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And without telling me stop being, you know, so dramatic or, you know, whatever, she's able to kind of push me back into that vision and, and, and kind of course correct without making it seem like I'm just being a, a wimp, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, she's really, really good at it. And she, you know, and what's crazy is she still, she works in the business full time too. Mm. And I'm not that good. So when she, when she wants to vent about work or she's, you know, mad about another problem and she thinks that things are, are getting in the way of us, you know, doing what we want to do with the company. Uh, and she brings it to me. I just tell her, you know, we're going to do, you know, stop being so, uh, pessimistic. We're going to do it, you know, and I'm not good at it, but she, right. um, has been a, a massive role in keeping everything going the right direction. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, but, I, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, if it was just me by myself, I probably would have been done. <laughs> really? Just to be, just to be flat out. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's hard to go back to the first thing that you said, you know, it's a right. lot harder than you ever expect, expect. And if I'm not, you know, if I'm not being pushed by somebody and held and being held accountable by somebody, you know, I am, um, it, it's tough. And that doesn't have to be a spouse. That can be anybody that can be, you know, your, I mean, pick your, pick your person or pick your thing. You know, not everybody needs this. I'm, I think I'm a needy person. Maybe, I guess, I don't know, but <laughs> I need somebody to keep reminding me. Right. That we're doing this for a reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I love that. And I love having, so I'm kind of fascinated by this whole idea of just, just having people around you and especially a spouse and a partner, but even just friends and just people in your, your tribe and your circle that are, that are, are letting you know constantly that this is the right thing. Um, and I think that, that, you know, especially with the spouse, and I, I've seen you do this too, of when things are out of whack, reassuring that person that, that it's good, that you've got it handled. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know, I just, I, 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 I know that having, having a tribe around you of people that you can bounce things off of, um, you know, whether it's actual material issues or just emotional things that, that are happening in your business, right. having that group is, is so important. Right. And I, it's, it's crucial. I don't, I don't know how people do it. Maybe they don't. Uh, I don't know how people do it without some kind of support group of whether it's mentors, you know, business, family, uh, you know, business mentors, family mentors, spiritual mentors, whatever it is. I don't know how people do it without, without that. Um, and you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be a mentor. It doesn't have to be a spouse. It can just be a circle of your friends or whatever, but you have to have this, you know, support group that the people around you to, to remind you why you do what you do. Maybe they don't even have to actually use the words to remind you, but, or just yeah. their, their sheer existence is your reminder that you right. got to keep doing what you got, what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, you know what I think it's, too, it's Davis, I, I think that a lot of times what's funny and I, and I see this, this a lot too. Um, I think that a lot of people that work themselves into the jams that you and I have in business, um, they always want to just be told how awesome they are. And I think a lot of times, like the most impactful conversations are the ones where you have somebody around you that just gives you a kick in the pants. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That's, um, no, you, you need that too, because, 
um, it's it's all it's it just as quickly as and you know we've been talking about the negatives and sure. the and the when things are going bad. Yeah. But there's also a lot of really positives, and when things are growing going great, you know, it's awesome and it's super rewarding. Yeah. But it's super just as easy as it is to think in the moments where things kind of suck. It's easy to think I'm not good at this. I can't do this. I'm not cut out for this. I need to quit. Yeah. It's just as easy on the opposite side to think, man, I am freaking awesome. Yeah. And you know, that's great every once in a while. I mean, you want to have some confidence in yourself, but you're also not, you know, the savior of the world, (laughs) you know? So, uh, you need somebody to kind of kick you in the pants when you, uh, keep you in check on really in both scenarios. When you screw up, you need somebody to let you know, Hey, that was a mess up. I think I texted my first really big screw up was, a, a, a you know, we ended up getting sued for, from, you know, sued by somebody and it cost us like 50 grand or something. I think I texted you and I said, yeah, Hey, I just had my first largest screw up as a, as a, you know, business, as owner. A business owner. And right. I believe me. And I've made, I've made a lot bigger mistakes and more expensive mistakes since then. And I haven't necessarily told you about it because I, <laughs> I don't want to, but, um, you know, you need somebody in that scenario to do both, to do two things to remind you, Hey, it's okay. Yeah. Mistakes happen, but also what are you going to learn from this to not do this again? <laughs> right. You know? So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's important to have those people. I love that. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the mission for garage flooring pros? I mean, you said become a national brand, but, but what's the, what's the goal that you have with this thing? Yeah. I mean, that's as far as the, the, you know, I, I kind of keep saying it, but it's, uh, it's to be this next national, you know, I, I just have this vision of being this next national concrete coatings company. And right now we just basically do epoxy coatings, but there's a million different things that we could do. Yeah. And I just kind of picture us being this, this person, um, or this company that whenever you think of any kind of flooring, you know, on your concrete, we have every solution and, you know, we're the first people or kind of the, the Kleenex of facial right. tissues, you know, yeah. when I think of garage floor coatings, I think of garage flooring pros, right. You know, when I think of, a, a, you know, and then we've, we've kind of got this, I guess, mantra around our company that actually started from you, Evan, which is, you know, you got to finish your house, finish, finish your home. You know, you're not going to leave your, your, your kitchen floor bare concrete. You're not going to yep. leave your living room floor bare concrete. Why would you leave your garage floor bare concrete? Yeah. And so we've kind of taken that and expanded it into, there should be no bare concrete on your entire, in your entire house. You got to finish it. So that's, yeah. you know, we started doing driveways and patios and, and, uh, and, and, you know, any kind of concrete that, that's, that you got. So yeah. I just kind of have this vision of, you know, we're going to, we're going to finish your home, you know, right. and, and people are going to know about us. So it's so good. And, and um, I love the, I, I, so this is, I think great for, for people that are, even if they're just in a, in a company selling a product. I mean, I could think of if I put myself back into selling suits, I could use what you just applied in that because attaching something emotional to what you do makes it, makes it worth it. If you can attach, if you can attach your service or your product to the outcome or to the reaction of a customer. That's huge. That's really mm-hmm. beneficial. Uh, I really like that. Right. How have yeah. you been able to, cause you have awesome employees. I've, I've met, I feel like, well, not all of them, but I've met a, all of your people in your office. And then I've met a mm-hmm. few people that, that actually go out and lay the floors. 
How do you, mm-hmm. how, like when you bring somebody new in, how have you been able to indoctrinate them with the new ideas of garage flooring pros, the new way that, that the owner thinks about them? How are you able mm-hmm. to kind of foster this culture each and every day um, without maybe just taking the easy way out, maybe backsliding in the way that it used to be? Like, how do you, because const- it's kind of a race, it's kind of a sprinting marathon. Like, it's constantly a juggle mm-hmm. of keeping the culture in your business. How do you, how do you maintain that? Yeah, it's, uh, that's a great question. It's, it's really hard. Um, I think just talking about it, on a daily basis is, is really, really important. Um, you know, our, our guys, uh, here in Texas, we've got, we've got, you know, installers and, uh, or, you know, we got a location in Florida and Georgia as well. I'm physically located in in Texas. So I think just showing up when our guys get to the warehouse at seven o'clock every morning, you know, the phones don't start ringing until nine or so. Um, but I want to, I want to lay, I want to meet eye to eye with these guys on a daily basis. Um, and tell them how awesome I think they're doing, you know, obviously give them any kind of correction and do it, try to, you try to do it in a way that's, you know, firm, but fair. Yeah. Um, and just make sure that they know. And I, I tell these guys on a daily basis, I, or I try to, I, I'm, you know, it's becomes a little weird if it's on a daily basis, but right. you, you try to communicate with them very often that everything starts and stops with them. Um, you know, I could, I could leave the business and never communicate with anybody and the business would still function kind I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of correct it every now and then, but, but right. it starts and stops with the people that are talking to customers every day. Of course, the guys that are actually laying the floor that are building the product, um, you have to remind them on a daily basis. And I think it's really important to show up at 7am when they're there. And I, if I just sit in my office and twiddle my thumbs, yeah, you know, until the phones, you know, until people start to call and have questions and concerns and whatever, um, then I'll do that. But I think it's important to meet eye to eye with your employees as often as you can. Um, and yeah. just remind them of where the company's going and, and, and make sure that they know that they play a huge role in that. I love that. So. I, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think it's so important to have your, the, the people in your business, the truth of it is, is that they are what drives the engine. I mean, that or drives the, the vehicle, I guess they're the engine. I mean, they, they are, they are completely, um, your business. You have no business without them. And, and I love that, that you do that with them of always telling them how valuable they are. Um, I just think that's great. Well, you know, and people, people always, people always talk about how the people in your business are your biggest asset. Um, and they're obviously, I, I, I think, you know, I think they're the easiest to neglect as well. Hmm. Um, you know, if you've got a piece of equipment or, you know, a piece of machinery or whatever in your business, you pay attention to it day in and day out. And, you know, our, we have machines that, that it's on every truck and we're paying attention to them every day and we're doing, you know, ma- regular maintenance on them and because they're a really important asset. But it's, it's really easy to overlook that the people, they're the, I mean, you know, they're uh, uh, very often your big, biggest expense and your biggest asset. And, you know, and it's, why do we look over that and neglect them so often? You have to, you got to pay attention to it. You got to give it the maintenance. You got to, yeah. you know, do the service on it, with, to, so to speak. Um, and it's, it, I think it's, although it is the biggest 
they're the biggest asset. It's also the easiest to, to forget about. Hmm. Um, you know, you forget that their mental state and physical health and all that stuff is, is the most important thing to your business. Yeah. Um, you know, so pay attention to it. Yeah, that's so, that is so overlooked. I remember when I lived in Scottsdale, there was a, uh, a flight school that I went and got a, a, just an endorsement app. And I remember walking in and the guy that owned it <clears throat> was back in his office. And I remember he was on the phone with his maintenance guy and he was yelling at him and he hung up and he like threw the phone on his desk. And then he just started shouting orders across the room to everybody else in the office. And I remember thinking, man, that like, why would that guy's, he could completely turn around that business and make it the coolest place to work based off of nothing other than how he talks to his people. It has nothing right. to do with his service. It has nothing to do with his product, nothing to do with the airplanes or with the employees. It's simply because of the way that he's allowing, um, himself to, to talk to his employees. I think that's, it's yeah. so, so important to me. There's, there's, there's really not ever a circumstance where you would raise your voice at, at an employee. It just yeah. doesn't, uh, you know, as somebody that works for your company to help you, to help you succeed. Right. I mean, you know, they, why, why would you ever even raise your voice? There's a way to, if they, I mean, they make the largest mistake and cost you thousands of dollars or whatever. There's, they know that they screwed up. You got to, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to be firm, but I, I never, I will never understand why you see these people in the movies and, you know, and, and real life every day yelling at your employees. It just yeah. it baffles me. Why, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I also think you have a really cool sales organization. How many salespeople do you have? Uh, so r right now we have six, so not. Uh, you know, really the cool thing about our, our business is one guy can go on, you know, 10 yeah. appointments a day. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that's enough to keep them obviously slammed. So yeah. really just one in every market that we're in um, and they can, they can sustain it. So, yeah. Well, I love it because I, I see, I see your guy every day. I pass him <laughs> on the way to work. <laughs> Don. I love that. I love it. I, oh, Don, to, Don, I keep, keep tabs Don's on him. I keep tabs on him for Boy, you. Boy, if, you if he's ever out of line, let me know and I'll yell at him. There you go. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on Don. What's been your favorite thing about um, starting this business? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I think, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, I think hearing the excitement from our customers. Yeah really, really makes me very excited and yeah. really just excitement and from either, whether it's our customers or our employees, I love, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get a picture of a job that these guys finished and I'll put together a, you know, before and after or whatever. And I'll tell them, Hey, that's an awesome, that's really, really great job. You know, I love the work that you do. And to get a little text back, you know, and say, thank you so much. I, I, I really work hard and I love, you know, building great floors. I don't know why it's such a small thing, but I just love when people get excited about our product, whether it's the person that built it yeah, or, or the customers or the customer. that enjoy it, you should see, yeah, you should see the excitement that, you know, like, like me before I got into this industry, I, I couldn't care less about a garage floor. Um, but once I see the before and afters and the trends and the, and the, 
you know, transformations that take place and all these different things and hearing from our customers about it. It's, it's so exciting to me and it, you know, and I don't, I'm, I don't necessarily straightforwardly do what I do to build great garage floors around America. Yeah. But that's a part of it. And, you know, and if, you know, obviously a business is one of a business's, you know, largest goals should be, you know, financial success. And you're not going to get there without the excitement behind what you do. Yeah. Um, and so to me, that's, that's just, it's really, really exciting to see. I love it. And I love working with my wife too. That's, you know, what is that? What, job it, and, <laughs> what is that like? Because you you literally work with your wife every day, all day. What what is that? Yeah. I, I think a lot of people would have questions about that. Yeah, I work five feet from her. Um, so I mean, I literally <laughs> can look over and see her right there at, at any any minute of the day. Yeah, um, I absolutely love it. Um, it's it obviously comes with its with its challenges, but I think we were scared enough about it <laughs> going into it yeah. that we've put certain checks and balances in place to make sure that we're not letting work affect our relationship and our relationship affect our work. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you've got those checks and balances in place to make sure you're not, you know, the biggest thing being ruining your, your marriage over something like work. Sure. Um, as long as you've got that in place, it is, it is awesome. And I think, um, you know, we, we don't, you know, we, we each have our own skill sets. I think that's really important to know, to realize, um, is that she's really good at things that I'm not good at. And I yeah. feel like I'm really good at things that she's not good at. And it, you got to stay in your lane. Right. Um, all, the, our biggest issues come when I try and get in the, in the middle of what she's doing. And the reality is she's way better at it than I am. So I need to just let her do her thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I feel like we're getting really good at that. You do your thing and I'll do mine and I'll, you know, love you through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is awesome because I'm, you know, we're newly married. I don't have to, I don't have to leave her for, for 12 hours a day. And if I want to work until seven o'clock at night, she's there and I don't feel guilty that she's, you know, sitting at home or, or waiting, you know, anxious to see me because she was off doing her own job, you know, somewhere right. else every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to give a few tangible, uh, takeaways for, for somebody that, I mean, say that they would like to do that or are thinking about doing that. What are one or two things that you guys have put in place that kind of keeps it on the rails? Some of these checks and balances that you said. Um, yeah, I think, uh, number one, the biggest thing is, um, and this one's a little bit harder to, you know, with being a small business, it's a little bit harder to, to follow through on, but you know, at a certain point in the night, you have to be done talking about work. Mm. Um, whether that's the second you leave the office or whether it's, you know, you pick a certain point, you have to move on from, we are not going to talk about work anymore. Yeah. We're going to focus on each other. And our, for yeah. us, really, it's, it's our weekends. Um, and now we, we do it during the night too. For example, when we're, when we're eating food at any point when we're eating food, you are not allowed to talk about a garage floor, a customer, a, you know, anything yeah. like that you're not allowed to do it when we're, when we're eating our food. And then the weekends as well, we do not talk about it. Right. Um, so I think there's, you know, that's one of the biggest things is, is don't let it consume your relationship by it. And, and, and the best way to do that is make a cutoff point where we're not, I don't care what kind of fire is going on at work. Right. You know, if it's literally burning down, then we'll address it. (laughs) But other than that, we're the big, the most important thing, uh, 
right now is our marriage and, and we're not talking about work. Yeah. Um, I think that the, um, you know, the second biggest one is, is also what I, what I had talked about is, um, you, you have to be very, very careful when you're trying to, um, when you're giving it, not advice, but when you're trying to correct something that, that like when I try to correct something that she's doing or vice versa, you got to be very, very careful because, um, you know, it, it can easily bleed over to your, your marriage and your relationship to each other at that point. So I would say is I, I, I never, you know, after a certain point where I, I've made her uh, upset enough times and she has made me upset enough, enough times, <laughs> we, we made a rule. This is my thing. And that's your thing. And, um, and stay in your lane basically. And yeah. not in a rude way, but stay in your lane and don't, just because there's a minor, t- you know, tweak that you want to make or whatever, I-, I would say let it go unless unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, because um, it's not worth it. <laughs> you know, and that's right. one of the challenges and, and one of the negatives, I guess, of, of doing that is you kind of want to be able to correct somebody when they're in your business and uh, in, in your company, not like all up in your business. In right. your company, mm-hmm. you wanna you want to be able to correct them. So that's one of the challenges and one of the negatives about it. I would say. Um, but generally she's better at it anyways. And I, the, the point that I was going to make, I shouldn't make. So stay in your lane is, is, is another really big one. Um, but yeah. the most important is, is draw a line somewhere where right. you're done focusing on the, on the, on the business and you're going to focus on your, on your marriage, on the person um, or your relationship sure, on the person. So I like that's, that. That's the, that's the biggest can be the most challenging, but, um, definitely the most important yeah. and it's worth it. It's so worth it. It can wait, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, is, uh, is, is this harder? Uh, let's speak about the business in general and, and getting into this. Is it harder than you expected? It would be a hundred percent. Yeah. Is it, um, and is it, and yeah. the other question to that would be, but is it, is it more rewarding and fun than you thought it would be? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is, and I keep going back to the same thing. Like I never, I never thought about a garage floor, you know, before I got in the business. Um, it's so much fun. I love what I do way more than I thought I would do considering that it's a, you know, essentially a construction company that builds garage floors. It is, it's, um, it is so, it's so rewarding. And even when we're not doing well and not making, and I say not doing well, when we're not making very much money or whatever, right? it's still so much fun to me because I love, I love that it's, it's, it's challenging. I love that it's, it's like I show up every day and it's a new puzzle yeah. uh, to, to get to work on. Um, I love it. It's, it's awesome. And I would not go back to selling cars if you had a gun to my head. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's way yeah. more rewarding than I thought, but also, yes, there's, there's a lot of things that I didn't think about that, that are, are very challenging. Yeah. Um, Lots of but makes it fun, the, right? the good far outweighs the bad. That's exactly That's, that's, that's what makes the reward so worth it is because you knew, you know, because you went through, you know, uh, the trenches to get there. So yeah. why do, um, if it's easy, then. Yep. I mean, it's not that hard to Everybody do. Everybody would do it. It's not hard to do easy things. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, well, I'm uh, grateful. 
thank you so much for for taking some time and talking through this. I, it's so valuable because I love Davis, like showing people just going from A to B. People love to see that journey. It's it's why we watch um, documentaries of like behind the scenes and things, or, or that's why mm-hmm. we watch people's vlogs and day in the lives and things like that because we find right. it very interesting seeing how people actually start. Uh, and so I think that you have a, a amazing company here. I've been fortunate to see it very closely and, uh, I just think you're doing a great job. So, um, keep doing it. Thank you so much for, for chatting with us today. And we're yeah. going gonna to do this again. We'll, we'll come back and go over more stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, 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 uh, grateful to, uh, you know, to have a, a friend like you, who's also setting a really great example of how to build a business the right way. And, you know, I feel like I, I learn a lot from you as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I really love what's going on here at higher, at, uh, at higher tough, you know, Hey so, man, we're uh, making I it happen. There's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of value being created over there. So uh, I'm excited to see what well, you guys thank can, you, sir. can do. Thank you. All right. Well, very good. Well, thank you again. We'll, we'll chat soon. Awesome. Yes, sir. Thank you so much.